welcome to episode 14 of The Playground Project with me, your host, Tanya Pomerantz. I'm delighted you're here with me on The Playground, and before we start our chat with my mystery guest, I invite you to follow me on Instagram at PuddleJumpCoaching001. A special shout out to Brianna Pizzuto with Talk Tools Training for the follow. I can't even tell you how thrilled I am to welcome my guest, Anna Gordon, onto the playground with me today. The really cool thing is that I don't know Anna, but after I read a couple of the posts she wrote and shared on LinkedIn, I reached out to her to connect. She was so lovely, and it felt like we were kindred spirits. So guess what? I asked her to be a guest on the podcast. And guess what happened? She said yes. Please allow me to introduce Anna Gordon, career strategist, mindset coach, speaker, helping you strut towards the career success you crave, idea monster, and climate conversationalist, known for random acts of dancing. How could I resist connecting with this amazing woman? I couldn't, and we had an awesome career chat. Two women with a lot of years in employment counseling, career development, and coaching. It was fabulous. Welcome, Anna Gordon. I am absolutely delighted to welcome you onto the the playground with me, with us today. And I'm just going to introduce you uh, as to what I've seen on LinkedIn and and then we can we can get chatting. So we'll, we'll ask some questions. We'll have some good answers, and it's just a conversation. And uh, here we go. So Anna Gordon is a career strategist, mindset coach, motivational speaker with Strut for Success in Winnipeg, Manitoba. I think I have everything right. And she's got an awesome LinkedIn profile, and I'm deliciously excited to to have this chat. Welcome, Anna. Oh, thank you so much. And I mean, oh goodness, just that that word, deliciously excited. I just, um, I'm I'm just so excited myself to see where this leads because um, just in chatting with you already, I, I'm I'm I myself am quite excited to see where we're going to go. So thank you so much. So the first thing, whenever I invite somebody onto the playground, we kind of go back to high school and because that's such a a significant point for so many people. How was your experience? What were the subjects that you did really well in during high school? Uh, In high school, I would say, you know, I was thinking about this. English, for sure, I did very well. I was always a very strong writer. And I think part of my success in English was also that I figured out early on what it was that teachers were looking for and was quite able to give that to them. So that was always a good one for me. History, I just, I loved. I loved digging into the story of the past. And certainly if you had a good teacher who was enthusiastic about the content, it made it even better. Photography was a big, big love of mine. You know, anything to do with uh, visual art and aesthetics is a, is a big one for me. And music, because I was a singer, and so that was always uh, a really strong subject for me and something I felt quite passionate about. So when I'm, I'm writing things down and, you know, we're talking about English, you're talking about history, I identify, what do you mean about what you knew what teachers were, you figured out what teachers were looking for? 
this may not be popular to say, but when it came to, uh, you know, let's say English or courses where you had to, you know, do a lot of essay writing, uh, things like that, the, the amount of content was key. And so, you know, I was, uh, you know, as a kid, I was a fairly good writer and could, you know, write for days and days and days. I mean, th there was no essay, you know, bring it on. It was, you know, it, it was, it was my area to play in. You know, now being much older, I realized I've actually become a better writer now that I write. Really thinking of a bigger audience, not just a, the the teacher, shall we say, not just pleasing the teacher. And so that content. A lot of the time, uh, the effort is spent in the editing. So I'm great at developing lots of content. And then a lot of the work now these days goes into the editing. How can I convey that story in fewer words, but still, you know, convey the, the, the meaning, the emotion, carry you through a journey, but not lose you through pages and pages and pages of content? You know, it, it, it really is when that's that's. You flip that switch and you realize that the, the good writing happens in the editing. It is a lot of work. It, it is. And uh, and that's why when I, I also resonated with the things that I've read that you wrote, like that overheard at brunch, you know, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm reading on LinkedIn and then the, um, the, the book about uh, Barbara Sher. Right. Um, you know, there I'm like, oh my gosh, this woman, we're kindred spirits. Like I'm I'm getting her. It was so cool. And that's why I, I reached out to you to to see if you would do this with me because it just feels like we have so many things that we share. But then strut for success. I know we're going straight from there to here, but I'm fascinated. What what's the story behind that? You know, it's 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 kind of interesting. And and there's some days where I go, I don't know, should I should I keep that name but it's it's because i you know it's it's not about trying to convey arrogance it's really about that feeling you know those those moments you have when just everything's kind of gone right you know the the confidence is high and you've done something very well and you just feel bulletproof right there's just there's just this solidness in your body and so you don't there's nothing you even have to try to do you know you could walk into a room and command attention just because of how you feel, right? Just because you feel so uh, confident and capable in yourself. And so it was really about trying to convey that feeling to people, that that's where I hope to get them in their journey. Not that everything's perfect or that they figured everything all out, but that, you know, they could they could have that confidence to navigate. I like to say, you know, the, 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 loops, and, the loops and waves in a career, because I'm very big on telling people careers are not linear, uh, uh, very, very rare very rare that they're linear. They're often filled with these twists and turns and unexpected things. And some of those things are awesome. And some of those things are not. But you know, if we have that confidence that we can navigate through these things, or, you know, or even take an off ramp and explore a different journey and be okay with that, you know, it'll do good things for us, both for our lives and our work. Absolutely. And that's something, again, I resonate so strongly with because I, I see life as a messy ball of yarn, you know, oh, yeah. and it's just yeah, all over and you need to be able to be okay with that messiness. I share that sentiment as well. And even as a career development person, it's really hard. It really can be hard and you need to be comfortable and okay with things 
I like that idea. And I know what you mean about when everything is just lined up really well and you're feeling great. And it's this it kind of the same thing as as gratitude. A lot of people think like, oh my gosh, why are you? You're so positive. You're so positive. Well, I am positive, but I have icky days. Like we all have icky days and stuff happens that isn't great. But it's the idea of just being grateful for this opportunity to to exist and to make positive change in, in the world. I mean, that's that's kind of what I think most career strategists and, and, and career development professionals probably would see, would agree with, do you think? Uh, you know, yeah, I, I would agree with that. And I think part of it is just giving people permission to respect who they are. I like to say respect their magic. Uh, it's not about getting it all right or doing everything perfect. It's about you know, sort of seeing where you're special and what you value and what you bring to the world and what you bring to work and just really honoring that and through that developing that confidence. It's not about competing with my journey or somebody else's journey. It's it's your journey. It's it's really uh, about that and finding out, you know, what really what you can be okay with. And that's why I'm really enthusiastic about conversations like this. Um, I think especially for young people, there really is this anxiety that and you know yourself you know when we're younger we think that there's 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 something we're just not getting everyone else has it figured out and we're just making a mess of things and we're not getting it and so i think it's really important to have these conversations to let other people know that's just life <laughs> you will have that yes. again and again and again and it's okay and adults don't have everything figured out. No, not at all. I mean, I, I, I worked with younger people, but I also work with people, you know, it, you know, in their fifties and upwards that are still saying, okay, I, I don't know. I still don't know what I want to be when I grow up. And that's pretty mm-hmm. normal. That's actually more normal than, you know, the, yeah, yeah. They had a, a plan from, you know, high school onward and this is what they did. That is that is more typical. I think so. And that's why I created this podcast. It's the podcast for the people who didn't know what they wanted to be when they grew up. Which would be a lot of people, quite honestly. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I think it's wonderful. So thank you. Yeah. And so and so let's go back then for a second. You're in high school, you're doing really well with your English, with your history and your music. What did you want to do afterwards? <sighs> yeah. You know, I, it's it's kind of strange. I, this this one's always a tricky one for me because I was always, uh, you know, studious kid, very ambitious, very driven, uh, but also, uh, and and this isn't, you know, to try and say that making excuses, anything like that. But there was, you know, tragedy in my family, and uh, it really threw us. Uh, financially into chaos. And so um, by the time I was ready to graduate high school, it was really about just having a job for survival. There really, there was no plan in terms of go and study and do all of these things because financially it just seemed so far beyond my grasp. It just, Mm -hmm. you know, it it was a thought of, okay, maybe I have to put this aside and come back to it at a future point. But right at that moment, I just needed to work. So before all of that happened, if you had asked me, I would have said, yeah, I'm going to finish up here. And then I'm probably, uh, you know, going to go, you know, go study on the East Coast, go study economics, something Mm. like that. Or, you know, I, I wanted to go to a big city and work on music perhaps sing professionally, do that kind of stuff. And so then you, so you got this, this job. What was the, what was that job, that first job that you got? My first job. So this will, this will 
tell you how old I am. So my first, well, I had had a, a few jobs already, but right out of high school, I was working as, I'm trying to think now, I was working as a cashier at Woolco. <laughs> um, I, I actually, I, I enjoyed it. I had had a few jobs before that, but I was working as a cashier. And from there, I became the customer service manager. You know, although I knew it wasn't what I wanted to do for work for, for my life, it certainly was a good opportunity to develop problem-solving skills found out pretty quickly that I was a good leader. I was quite comfortable speaking up or jumping into challenging situations and trying to find a solution, helping other people who maybe felt that they didn't have a voice or, or were feeling uncomfortable or lost. You know, th those things I was quite comfortable with. Although I knew it wasn't, you know, the it's something that I wanted to develop for many, many years, it was certainly a good experiment. And th now this is kind of like a, a little bit of a resume. And so then what did you do after that? So you're the customer service manager, which is impressive. And then where did you go? Trying to think. <laughs> this is sad, but I'm thinking, oh yeah, now I have to dig dig into the archives a bit. Uh, from there, I, okay, so this this is where I talk about that, you know, sometimes you, you take the off ramp and you, you see mm -hmm. where that takes you. So because I've had uh, had such an interest in photography in high school and, you know, um, again, visual arts, that was a big thing to me. I thought, I wonder, I wonder maybe what would happen if I tried to do something with photography. So I worked at a photo studio for a while. I did, I did yeah. that. And, you know, that was an interesting experience, but figured out that aside from sort of doing art pieces, actually working in a photography business or a studio isn't what I wanted to do. And then from there, from there, try to think. I actually, I actually ended up working at a shoe store because at the time my mother was ill and I needed to go move to a place that was closer to her. So I moved across the city uh, and not having a car or, you know, the money to finance a car, I really needed to be able to find a job in the area. And so the only full-time job that was available was at a shoe store. And so I took the job. Um, I did that, uh, became the assistant manager there. And uh, after a few years of doing that, that's when I went back and studied business. Aha. Uh -huh. uh -huh. okay. <laughs> it's never what people think. <laughs> business. All right. Why? Um, I sort of enjoyed all of that organizing and planning and um I guess always those strategy pieces, right? Figuring out what will work, what won't work, doing visual displays. And so when I, I thought of studying business, my original thought was, okay, I'm going to go do this. And then I will work for myself as a small business consultant hmm. and teach them about, you know, marketing and keeping books and that kind of thing. And um, again, that it's, it's, it's just funny how things evolve. So I did that and midway through that journey, realized, oh, this is why I'm really here. I was able to connect with a lot of international students that had come from all over the world, very talented, educated people, mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, really hear about their experiences, the things that they loved, the things that they hoped to do here in Canada. And that was the point when I became fascinated in the whole piece around job search and access to the labor market and how do you how do you do that and how do you help people with that and that was the point when uh, I got hit with I guess you'd say the the career development bug yes I know the bug 
That, okay. And then, so that's why when I was looking at your, at your LinkedIn profile, it's really, what's the corporate word that people would say? Robust. <laughs> Robust. <laughs> sure. We'll go with that. <laughs> there's, there's a lot, there's a lot there. And so what made, I mean, it's a, it's a kind of an unfair question, but what made you, what motivated you throughout all of these different decisions? Was it the opportunity to do something different? Was it the opportunity to build on, on previous experience? What was, what was going on? And by the way, I just want to jump in and cut myself off. Um, Zumba? <laughs> It always comes to Zumba. You know, I was just saying to a a colleague recently, I said, I think for the rest of my life, it won't matter what I do. I can go speak at any conference, whatever. And the question that'll come up will be (laughs) Zumba. It's just just the thing that people are most interested in. And it it tickles me. I love it. I'm I'm in awe of all of that. And that's what really, yes. And obviously I'm not alone because there's everything, career development, career development, and then Zumba. So tell us about that, please. Oh, that, honestly, that, oh, there's, there's, there's layers to that. Uh, Where it kind of started was I was working for the government at the time. And I was in that stage of life where you're just very busy with work and busy with small children. And, you know, as a parent, you kind of, you, you kind of forget about yourself. You, you get a little lost in all of that. And I had gone to a meeting, you know, with somebody I knew I'd gone to a meeting and she was showing me the new building they were in. And she said, Oh yeah, yeah, let's, you know, let's go up to this floor. And you know, the elevator is always stuck. Do you mind if we use the stairs? And I said, Oh no, I got no issue. Let's take the stairs. And we went up a couple flights of stairs and I was winded and I thought, okay, um, I'm not digging this. There's something, there's something wrong here. I got, I got to, I got to take care of myself because I should not be this winded. And so when I went back to the office across from my office at the time, there was a little gym and I would walk by there all the time. And I thought, well, okay, time to put your big girl pants on. Let's get some courage. Let's go in. So I went into the gym. I booked an assessment uh, with the woman who owned the studio. She was lovely. I found out that yes, I was quite out of shape and needed to get it together. And so, so I started uh, doing training with her, attending some classes, and it was right around the time when, you know, this Zumba thing was sort of becoming a craze. So she had brought in someone to try and teach some classes in her small studio, and I went to a couple and I was hooked. So, I, I mean, being doing physical things has always been uh, an interest to me, but that really spoke to me because I always loved to dance, but I have a partner who he... He doesn't enjoy dancing. And so it was a really a great way to be able to go out and have that, you know, expressive activity to do dancing without feeling guilty of, oh, you know, my, you know, my partner isn't here to do this with me, right? You could still dance. And Mm -hmm. so uh, I became quite good at that. And the teacher connected with me and said, you know, you should be teaching with this. And I said, you know, I should be teaching this. I enjoy it and I'm good at it. And so I took training to teach it got certified but then really started watching people and thinking okay i'm i'm responsible for people's physical wellness here and so if i'm really going to do this i got to make sure that people are not getting hurt and that i'm really being responsible about this so that led to me being trained as a a certified fitness instructor specialist with CanFit Pro. So that way, you know, I could tell people, yeah, you know, I have this license to teach Zumba, but I am actually a certified fitness instructor and you're in good hands 
hands and, you know, I'm going to make sure you don't get hurt. And so, you know, that whole journey was just wonderful for me personally. But then as I developed, you know, my skill and my expertise as a fitness instructor, just being able to see how it was transforming people. I mean, certainly people would come and share their weight loss journey with me or whatever, but it was really seeing, you know, the stress leave people that was of interest to me. I just really seeing these people who were like me, you know, busy, 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 and you've left little time for yourself. And they'd come in and about 10 minutes into the class, you see their body change and the shoulders would come up again and the light would come back to their face. And then that's what, that's what really captured me about, uh, about it all. And that's what really drove me to continue with that for as long as I did. And it was also part of what influenced the name strut right? It was that mm -hmm. shift from, you know, when we're sort of closed in and we don't feel so great. And then when the shoulders come back and the head comes up, you know, the difference yes. is how we feel in our body. Yeah, I completely understand that. And, you know, one of, one of my questions is, what does your career look like? And it is cool. Like, <laughs> I, it is so cool to see everything that you've done. And just, I, and I'm, uh, there's so many things I'm looking at it, you know, I'm looking at it right now. I, I know, I know I can feel it. <laughs> it, it. Just, I was like, okay, all right. And there was, what did you say that really, it was a short contract, but yes, during this brief, but inspiring contract, mm. I worked with a fantastic team of professionals. I'm like, oh. Oh, I've got to know more about this. Just, oh, just, just loved that project. So um, I was working with uh, a team out of Toronto called Project Neutral. And it was, Ken, it's one of those things. I, I I don't know. I guess I guess I've built a career on following my gut. I don't know. I, that's maybe just the way I can put it. But uh, I was working on something for a client and I was scanning through some information and by fluke, I saw that they were looking for an engagement coordinator. And I thought, oh, it's an interesting little project. And I started reading. And I thought, this is one of the best job ads I have ever come across. And typically when that happens, you know, whether people appreciate it or not, I feel compelled to drop people a line and say, just want to say this was really well put together, you know, best of luck with your recruitment. Mm -hmm. because this, this was spot on, you know, I just love seeing that. And yeah. so I thought, oh, I've got to reach out to these folks and just tell them this was fantastic. I mean, there's so much good stuff here. And then I just I just couldn't stop thinking about it. I just really couldn't stop thinking about it. And I thought, you know what? I just, something tells me, I just, I need to have a conversation about this. I need to explore it. And so I did reach out to the executive director, you know, sent him my resume, said, here's my background, but here's why I'm here. And here's why, you know, I have an interest in, you know, wanting to, to join in on this because I realized that you may not get it, you know, and so I, you know, I'm going to tell you why. So he was lovely. He sent me back a note and said, oh, my goodness, this has been exactly what I've been looking for. Yes, yes, yes. Let's please have a conversation. And we did. And we just hit it off immediately. And it was game on. And I just I just knew I needed to close down my calendar for a year and do this project. I was just compelled to do it. And I'm so glad I did. There were so many good experiences, wonderful people I met, certainly I'm passionate about climate action. So something, you know, very, I feel very strongly personally about, I got to work on, work with other people that were just so, so talented, just, uh, I can't, I can't say enough good things. So, um, you know, did stuff for the organization, but our signature thing that we really sort of, I like to say, we, we kind of birthed it together was this project called Top Climate to Me. And it was uh, a climate action education experience. 
for women and uh, mm. just what, what a ride. It was just, yeah, just the best. It was a really good decision. It sounds interesting. And I'm going to take a, I'm going to take a look further into that. And this, again, looking at your, at your career history, I'm seeing some, you know, freelance, I'm seeing some consultant and some project, kind of project-based. I'm wondering, again, I mean, listen, I just turned 53. So yeah. I'm the big Gen Gen Xer. I come from a background of, you know, full-time employment, permanent, you know, that kind of thing. How does one reconcile a need for stability with a need to listen to one's gut? Well, you know, that's a really good question because I'll I'll share. I'm I'm 48, so I'm also of the Gen X <laughs> group. So I know exactly what you're saying. I don't know if it could be you know, just right now, it could be state stage of life. Certainly, you know, decisions are driven by different things at different points in life. So, you know, for example, you know, when you noticed that I was teaching Zumba, I also had a full time job at, at that time as well. So it wasn't as though I, you know, I left my job and just decided mm -hmm. to commit only to teaching Zumba and just trying to get by that way. So there's lots of overlap. So the stability was um, often there. And I and I am aware of that, especially, you know, as someone who has had family members that needed to be supported, and you need to provide them that stability. But I don't know, I, I wonder if some of it comes from my younger years, because it was so much about just making sure that you had that full-time job and that you did have the stability and just a bit of that grind that I feel like I, I am in this place now where I can, I don't know, I can, I can move pieces around and I can explore a little more and it's, it's a bit safer to do that. And especially my, my kids are, are grown now. So that time has opened up and I have more bandwidth for things. And so I can have more flexibility in terms of what I do and the hours that I do things than I did when I was younger. You know, it's, it's, I, I don't know, it's, it's tough. I, I don't know that I can pinpoint a specific, well, this is how I felt and I just did it. It's, I don't know, sometimes things just lined up and it was, it was a good gamble. <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah. Well, it looks, it looks like I mean, everything really has developed. And I, I love that word career development, like that terminology instead of job searching, because job searching is such a, you know, operating from lack kind of feeling or state. But when I'm, I'm looking at this, and it's, it's abundant, it's full, and it's, it's rich, and it's authentic. And I think that that's part of the when we're talking to, to younger people and, and giving them, you know, the advice because they're the ones that are coming out and they're very full of anxiety, right? They're yes. like, what am I going to do for the rest of my life? And, and the economy is not great, all of all of that, that the climate, all of those things. But if you were talking to a young person now who was coming to you and saying that they were feeling this way and unsure and 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 just kind of they're not navigating to something. They don't want to be a doctor or a lawyer or whatever. They're just there. What what advice do you think you would have for them? Probably, you know, two things. One, just take a step out and try something because quite honestly, I think there's so much valuable 
learning to be had just from just from doing. So you may find something that let's say in quotes is just a job. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you'll you'll either find out that there's things that you enjoy or can learn from that, or you'll go, nope, this was totally not for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so okay, what did we learn from that? And and how do we pivot from that? And does, does your next move, does it require, you know, um, a mentor or a, a, a different job or training to access something different? You know, I, th- I think it's it's this it's a strange thing. We expect people to grow and develop, but without any risk or any failure. And and often, you know, what we consider failure, that's where the growth happens. I mean, we, we can't learn mm-hmm. if we're, you know, let's put it this way. I, I, I often tell people it's kind of ridiculous if we, if the expectations we have on adults, if we applied that to children, right, to small children. So let's say, you know, well, you went, you went to school and okay, w- instead of saying, what did you learn today? We say, okay, well, what were you perfect at today? Or what did you master today? <laughs> you go to school to, to, to learn things and to develop. And and some of that is, you know, subject-based, some of that is interpersonal, right? When we think of the playground, right? Coping yeah. skills, problem solving, you know, relationship development, all of these things. And sometimes we have, you know, good skills in some of those things, our natural abilities, and sometimes we don't. And so, you know, we find out things about ourselves through this journey. And you made a really good point about, you know, when we talk about job search, I like to say to uh, people that really career development is a wonderful buffet of things. Job search is a piece of it, but it's not the only piece. Career is really about mm-hmm. The entire journey. And so that's why I, I say it, think of it more as that winding curvy road with hills and bumps and all sorts of stuff. And it's really about navigating it rather than saying, okay, I got from point A to point B in a straight line and it was perfect and nothing happened. Quite honestly, we would be terribly bored and we have no great stories to tell if that was the case. That so, is absolutely true. So, I, I mean, I guess that, so I guess the first, so that first thing so to sort of come back after all of, you know, all of that is just, just breathe and know that whatever step you're taking today is the right step because you're going to find out something from that. And the second would really be mm-hmm. invest your time in communication and connection. I think we spend so much time worrying about the perfect training plan or the perfect this or that or or you know way of presenting on social media or status or all these other things and honestly the thing that is going to help you navigate this journey and not just work but in your life and the thing that's going to provide you the support and the tools that you need is really the people around you so spend time working on those communication skills putting effort into developing connections and relationships with people those are the things that are going to really help you throughout your lifetime. Wow. Absolutely true. Absolutely true. And in another episode of the podcast, it, I call it purpose, plan, and pivot. So the idea is you find your purpose, you learn what that is, you discover it, you create a plan, and then you need to be able to pivot because life happens and all those hills and obstacles and challenges can present themselves. And that takes you to being surrounded by your community, right? Your right. your people, your tribe, which is honestly, as I'm I'm hearing that and I'm thinking, yep, that's the through line through all of these different episodes of the podcast on the playground. That's what people talk about is the importance of building the community 
and and creating that group of people that are so significant and important in your life. So I would think you are probably, you probably have a very, I don't want to say wide, meaningful, I'm going to use that word, meaningful group of people that are important to you. True? Yeah, it's it's very true. And I'm really proud of that. It's it's nice to be able to to look and say, yeah, I, you know, that person, I knew them way back when, and I put effort into fostering that relationship over 20 years, you know, it, it, and, and, it, and you're right, it does come from different areas. It could have been somebody that attended my Zumba class. It could have been somebody who trained me in fitness. It's, you know, uh, there's people may look at my network and realize, yeah, I know this person now and, you know, we're at this level, but, you know, way back when this person was my boss, we had Mm -hmm. a good rapport and, you know, I made an effort to reach out to them every year just to say, Hey, how's it going over the holidays? That sort of thing. It's, it really is a big deal. And and these are the folks that you do it, not because you're thinking, Oh, this is what I'm going to get out of them, but because there really just is something, you know, if we think of that strut, right. If we think of that confidence and, and feeling good as you move forward, well, part of that comes from knowing that people have your back. So yeah. when you trip and fall and you stumble or you make a mess of things, there are people you can turn to and say, hey, any ideas, any thoughts about this? And they can, and you can be that for them as well, right? Whether it's to be a sounding board or say, hey, you know, I just heard that you were out of work and there's this great opportunity over here. Maybe I can help you connect with this person. I mean, there's really great value to that. So yeah, it's really, you're right. That through line is the relationships, the connections, but doing it, I guess, just from that place of authenticity, because you really enjoy connecting with people and knowing about them, not because you expect something from them. When it becomes transactional, Mm. that's when it feels yucky. And then that's when it gets into the whole conversation about networking, where people go, I don't want to network. Well, yeah, if it's transactional, you probably don't because it feels gross. And yeah, you, you haven't developed a rapport with people. It's a completely different thing. But people are always the through line for sure. Yeah. And it's true. And that's when I'm when I'm working with people and I get to work with newcomers, which is just the most incredible. I mean, you mentioned it about international mm-hmm. students. It's so fulfilling and amazing. And it's like the biggest honor. And that's what I say. It's not about networking. It's about connecting because it's that transactional piece that icky and gross are very good words to describe it. I've walked out of networking events because I just felt physically like, uh, no, I can't. This is not authentic for me. I can't be here. And and then I went to, it was a, a meetup. Uh, it was for small business owners who rescue dogs. And there was like six of us. Right. And it was like the most easy to get along with people. And we had something important in common. And we connected over that as opposed to that first one where I just had to get the heck out of that room. Well, and because there was something interesting to talk about, I, I think that's it. It's these things where people just go to you know, a random networking event. And and, and I, I honestly think people think the networking is about, okay, I'm going to bring a stack of business cards. And the goal mm-hmm. is to run around the room as quickly as possible and get these cards into <laughs> as many hands and then get out of here. That's not networking. And it's certainly not a way to build your team. Uh, it's okay to go to those events if your intent is to maybe get to actually know some people, but then that's time and patience and actually wanting yeah. to hear about other people and hear their story. And, you you know, what interests them and what's going on in their lives. It's really not 
about us in those situations. And I think that's what people don't quite understand about those. Yes. And, uh, and, and for the introverts of the world, those can be kind of challenging too. I was at a microaggression and micro inequity training yesterday. And the facilitator told us that about 75% of your kind of personality is the same as it was when you went to very first elementary school report cards. What do you think your report card would have said or did say or does say? Well, uh, honestly, uh, I I don't know. I I would say um, emotional intelligence has always been high for me. And I don't mean that to sound obnoxious, but as a kid, I even had an understanding or empathy for the teacher. I really knew that they were just people that were trying to do their best. And so my goal was to try and pay attention and show them that I was trying to pay attention and make an effort or care about what they do. And so it was often that I was a very, I was a very nice girl and I worked really hard. And I really tried hard to get along with the other students and that I, you know, put a good effort into my work. And I think all of that was, well, one, driven by the fact that I was that person that really always, I wanted the A. I I wanted the gold star. I wanted the sticker. I wanted the whatever, right? I really wanted to know that I had that validation that I had, I had done it right or the work had been, had been good. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe make the teacher know that they were seen for for some strange reason. That was part of it. I love that. And in, you know, the listener knows how much I love the, the true colors. That's a very, that's very blue. And that's where, that's where we connect our blue. And I love that reading your, your story and reading about you, the feeling I get from you is like I say, that sunburst, that combination of orange and blue. The orange is freedom, activity, variety, flexible, results oriented, get things done, physical sensation, resilient, risk-taking, tests, limits, competitive, likes change, not into rules, open, fun, takes initiative. Holy smokes. Well, you figured me out. I think I am <laughs> an orange. So I'll bill any day now. <laughs> I'll send, I'll send you the thing. And what's really cool. You've mentioned you have kids is that your kids might not be blue and orange. They might be green, which is um, scientific. And what are they? They're the engineers problem solvers, logical, rational, critical thinkers, cool, calm, and collected, you know, kind of like Sheldon on the Big Bang Theory. Well, all of them, quite honestly, the science people. So I love it. I'll send you that thingy. uh, And then I'll I'll look forward to hearing what your thoughts are about it, because it's that would be great. I'd love to check that out. Yes, please do. It's cool. True colors. I'm madly in love with it. I see people in colors. Uh, It really helps kind of communicate with people more effectively. It's it's kind of interesting because when you mentioned colors, I actually do use colors, but not in the way that you've identified. I will often, when I work with people, I ask them to tell me what color they believe they are and why. Mm-hmm. And I've actually found it kind of a fascinating process because there's there's really no theory behind the, what I'm doing there. What really we intend is to see how people perceive themselves because often, and I'm sure you experience this, when people come to us, they're waiting for us to give them all of the answers. And honestly, I think a lot of people have the answer. We're just there to kind of unlock it, right? To just 
open open the door on it. And so, you know, people will say, I really don't know. And meanwhile, as they're, you know, going through describing to me this color and 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 how it represents them, there is a lot that they know about themselves already that or and and what they do and don't want. Or, you know, even as you were saying, you know, do or don't value. There's a lot there to be had. So uh just when you mentioned the colors, I thought, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I need to hear more about this for sure. Yeah, well, I think I think you'll love it. And which brings me to kind of the end of the interview, which honestly is is not long enough. I mean, I could talk to you for days uh, <laughs> and and enjoy some ice cream during it because and that's like the the ultimate in connections for me uh, um, is dessert. But I'm going to try to, like I say, you inspire me about the Zumba and, and getting physical. What's next for you? You know, it's it's tough to say because, um, you, you know, people will often say, oh, okay, well, now you've reached this age and, you know, you're doing all these things. So now you're settled. And I say, you know, I have no idea. It's quite likely in two years, five years from now, I'll be doing something different than what I do right now. We don't you know, we don't know how lives change, how the world will change. Uh, we're seeing right now, right, new AI and new tech appearing. And so how mm -hmm. is that going to change work for a lot of people? We just don't know yet. And so I really feel that things are open. So I'm still sort of, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm still just sort of along for the ride for the journey. And um, for me, I know it will always include, you know, this connection with people and trying to help them really connect with you know, the things that make them wonderful and the things that are valuable about them. But it could be in many different ways. I don't know. I'm really, I, I'm just at an age now, as I shared my my children, I've got my my youngest graduates this, this in a few weeks, he'll graduate. And uh, so it's, it feels very, very wide open right now in terms of just experiences and uh, many things to explore. So I'm, I'm just excited. Are you deliciously excited? I am deliciously excited. Yes, ma'am. Well, me too. And I know that whatever it is that you do, you will bring that Anna Gordon quality qualities that you, that you have that you exude even in even in writing that a stranger here in Ottawa can read your writing and feel a connection to you and that speaks volumes so thank you so so much for doing this with me you have truly impacted my life oh goodness well i mean thank you so much that's that's very kind of you to say and um, oh goodness thank thank you very much Ed, I will send you that thing and you go and have a, a terrific day and congratulations on uh, on the graduating and, you know, for your son. And this is big. It's exciting. It really is. And uh, yeah, just um, yeah, looking well, looking forward also to, to seeing what you're going to do. So, I mean, let's let's uh, us Gen Xers. Let's let's see what's <laughs> going to happen next. <laughs> Yes, I'm going to write to you and I'm going to I'm going to give you a little bit of a, a of context to say why exactly you've really impacted my life. Okay, yes, I would love to hear more. So definitely I th I think more more conversations are in our future. Take care of yourself. Thank you so much. I'm sending you a big hug. Oh, thank you so much. Right back at you. Sometimes all I can say is wow. Thank you so much, Anna Gordon, for an amazing career conversation between two people who have had a lot of career development, coaching, 
employment consulting, employment counseling experience. This was absolutely wonderful. I'm taking away so much from this conversation. Things like things like editing and content are critical in the writing process. And knowing that that feeling of confidence that your body, when your body just stands taller and you feel invincible, and that's your idea behind strut for success. Confident and capable to navigate the twists and turns of a career. Careers are not necessarily linear. Not everyone navigates towards a career occupation like a doctor, engineer, lawyer, etc. You need to be comfortable doing things and not comparing yourself with, with others or comparing your career to other people's. You want to have conversations with others and with yourself. You want to try things out, like working in a photography studio to nurture your love of photography or to check if this is going to be a good fit for your, with your love of photography. You need to respect your magic. Listen to your journey. Be open to evolution and transformation. Be open to doing things, doing things a different way of pursuing short-term contracts, maybe. Think about overlap, not just one thing. Need to be able to take a step, try something new. So that first thing that you you want to kind of take a breath and you want to just breathe. And know that whatever step you're taking today is the right step because you're going to find out something from that step. And the second thing that Anna suggests is invest your time in communication and connection. Remember, things don't always go the way you had planned. Remember what we spoke about with Diana Montgomery, purpose, plan, and pivot. Anna did this throughout her career. So be open to new opportunities. Be open to evolve. And remember that whole teaching, right, when she was doing her Zumba. Well, that resonated with me. In 2016, I got the opportunity to teach career development. And and like Anna, I went back to school. I got the paper to gain the confidence and the expertise. And once you have those, no one can take them away from you. Learning CanFit and teaching Zumba transformed Anna's life. She spoke about Project Neutral, Talk Climate to Me, which just every time I read that or look at it, I'm like, "Mm, I got to find out more about that. Connection, communication, community. We spoke about colors. What's next for Anna? Well, she's along for the ride. And she is deliciously excited. And so am I. I want to thank Anna so much from the bottom of my heart for coming on and, and sharing herself and her story with, with me and with us on the playground. And I am also deliciously excited to invite you to join me again next week as I have another fabulous mystery guest on. And what I think I love so much about this whole podcast situation is that everyone's a mystery guest for me and you. So all I can tell you is that it's going to be amazing. And I'm looking forward to sharing that time with you. Thank you so much for being here with me and with with Anna and myself. I'm looking forward to next time. Uh, remember to follow me on on uh, Instagram, Puddle Jump Coaching zero zero one. I'd love to see you there. And uh, I'm looking forward to next week when we will be uh, jumping into the future together. <laughs>